Before we get started with this episode of the show, we just want to direct you to the We Are Southampton page on Instagram. For match day edits, polls, competitions, and more, be sure to check out We Are Southampton on Instagram. Matt, who runs the page, has also been a huge help to this show. He did our logo, he's been a guest, and he's been a source of encouragement from day one. So be sure to check out We Are Southampton on Instagram. And now, here's the rest of the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. I'd like to thank you for joining us, and if you managed to make it through the marathon of an episode last week, uh, I do really appreciate that. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I complained a little bit on the episode last week. That that episode took a lot of time, a lot of effort, um, but like I said last week also, I, I really do, did enjoy it, but I need to give a special thanks to everybody who participated, everybody who tried to participate, wanted to participate, couldn't do it because of the timing, or et cetera. Um, that episode doesn't happen without a lot of sacrifice from all of you, um, and, and some, some willingness on your part to, to either be called or call in and, and talk to some dude in California that you don't know and, and kind of open up to him. And so that's, that was my, my goal is to bring you a bunch of different perspectives. And I think we did that. And, uh, I just can't thank you enough for doing that. Also, there has been, uh, I asked a question on Twitter. If you could ask somebody from outside of Southampton, who's never been there, who has no geographic connection. Uh, why would you choose Southampton? You know, what's the deal? What questions would you want to ask them? And the questions I got were, were great. And the stories I got were great. And I may be contacting some of you to kind of talk with me about those stories sometime over the summer. Uh, we have some plans to talk to some people that live elsewhere, um, simply because I think that makes up part of, of what the, uh, maybe how the club's changing a little bit. And, um, you know, part of what the club stands for, because there's something that's drawing all these people to the club and it's not, it's not glory hunting or anything else. So I guess that might be a little bit of me as a, as a history teacher, or as a historian wanting to kind of find out and investigate why these people are, are interested. Cause I know that that's, uh, that's part of it for me, but yeah, I, I am excited to do that. And, um, I guess that kind of takes us into the plans for, for this summer. So, um, after last week's episode, that was really the end of the season. There are plenty of people out there doing, player ratings and season ratings and reviews and things like that. Uh, one of those things that you can check out is the ugly inside. And that is a, they have a YouTube channel where they are going through and rating and giving a review of all the players. Um, they have a panel. I was actually asked to, to submit a, a video for them. So you can check that out. Just go ahead and visit the ugly inside on YouTube. And I, the link to that is in the show notes. Um, I tweeted yesterday that I generally sit behind a microphone and not in front of a camera and you'll figure out why. And to the guy who keeps trolling me about looking like Pablo Zabaleta, I'll take that. That's fine. Um, so the plan for this summer for us, uh, the episodes will be a bit shorter because we don't have specific matches to talk about. We don't have specific performances to talk about, but we will be bringing you episodes fairly regularly. 
Uh, we have set up with people to talk about transfers. Uh, and we will, so we will be doing that. We have some special episodes set up, like I said, with maybe some people who live outside of the UK. Uh, and also, um, we'll talk to them about their fandom and all that stuff, but we'll also talk, uh, to others about just some other topics that I think are relevant. Um, but maybe not necessarily directly related to the football on the pitch. Um, and in between all that, we'll take a few weeks off because it is a vacation. I'm a, I'm a teacher, so this is my time off coming up soon. I have three more days of work, um, followed by a, a short work trip where I'm going to go grade exams for eight hours a day for seven days. And then after that, I will be off. So I am looking forward to it, uh, and I'm excited to continue to work on this project and, and hopefully bring it back and make it a bit better uh, next season. But um, I'm really, really excited, and I can't, I can't be, I couldn't be happier. So all that being said, if you have not subscribed to us on social media or you want to get in touch with us on social media, you can. Uh, on Twitter, we're at SFCDELL underscore IVERY. That's at SFCDELIVERY. And on Facebook.com forward slash SFCDELIVERY. That's SFCDELLIVERY. No underscore in the Facebook address. You can also subscribe to our feed on iTunes, Stitcher, ACAST, Google Play. Tune in radio or wherever you get your podcast. So if you are downloading this from from Twitter, you're just clicking on the link. Um, use the podcast app on your phone. If you have an iPhone, it's just Apple Podcast. If you have a, a an Android or some other phone, um, just type in podcast in your store. You can find a number of podcast apps that work brilliantly, and you can download uh, the podcast that way. And that way, you don't miss any of the episodes that come out over the summer. So. Moving on to this week's episode, uh, this week I talked with Josh Kingdom. He is a writer for Saints Marching. You can find his work at Saints Marching underscore on Twitter. And Josh was given a bit of a rough, rough, tough job, I guess. Saints Marching is running with the theme of people writing wish lists, uh, people they want to bring in uh, this this summer for the team, or would they would like to see the team bring in, and. And, and it took me a, a while to kind of understand what what the the thing was because I think of a wish list as you know you just put things down and I I always ask for things as a kid that it turns out there was no chance I was ever going to get Christmas time birthday time and all that stuff but when I talked to Josh I had questions like that like you know how realistic is this are you sure this is going to happen uh, you know and and I wasn't trying to be um, rude or anything like that I wasn't trying to pick his list apart um, enough people did that on on social media he doesn't need that nobody needs that um, but my, my questions were more around you know with so much uncertainty about the manager about the players who are coming and going as a result of whether the manager comes or goes um, how do you decide who can come in who can we afford uh, who's a good fit and all that stuff so uh, Josh I think did a good job of kind of looking at all that and taking all those factors into consideration uh, before he he put the list together and and as he walked me through the list I really felt uh, I, I felt pretty good about the the possibility of doing that so uh, his list all the players are from outside of Europe uh, or sorry all the players are from outside of England they're from all over Europe some are on the higher end of maybe what we'd be able to pay and we'd be competing with some some bigger clubs some ha- are direct replacements for people that are you know at least speculated uh, to leave um, so yeah so we will get into that in in just a moment and I have to tell you that my daughter uh, makes makes an appearance on this episode of the podcast this this weekend is always a busy weekend in my house uh, Saturday we had, I had set up to, to have two separate interviews, uh, done. Um, and I generally try to 
record interviews about noon UK time, which is 4 a.m. my time, because that way I'm up and I have about two or three hours before anybody wakes up that I can record and, and be alone and not have to worry about uh, background noise or anything like that. Because once my kids are awake, they can stay quiet. They'll lay around, watch TV, kind of lounge around, be quiet for about an hour or so. Um, but by eight o'clock my time, they are starting to get restless. They want to eat breakfast. They want to play. They want to go outside. They start to get loud. They start to get on each other's nerves um, because that's what brothers and cousins and everything do. Um, and so by the time we actually got this interview going, it was a little later. Uh, we had some delays. And so my kids are full-blown awake. And uh, my daughter, uh, nobody likes spiders in my house. None of us. We all hate them. Um, but we have a lot of them right now, partially due to the weather. Uh, and my daughter found a huge spider and was kind of yelling that she had a spider. And I was just thinking, you know, with there, there, are, there are five other people in my house. Somebody will take care of it. Somebody surely can hear her yelling. Somebody will surely, you know, stop her from smashing a rock on the floor, trying to kill it. Um, and I don't think anybody did. I actually had to stop the interview and, and go investigate. Um, I think I got most of it out of the interview, but uh, if you hear some, some constant pounding in the background. You know, there's no concert going on in the background. It's just my daughter smashing our nice wood floor with a rock trying to kill a spider. Uh, and if you hear her yelling, it's it's not because we neglect her. It's just because there's a spider and she doesn't want to deal with it. So uh, I thought that was, uh, you know, uh, some days I would I would laugh and, and be happy. But at that in that moment, I was fairly frustrated with what was going on. So what whatever. Enough about that, though. Let's go ahead and move on to the interview with Josh. Once again, he is Joshua Kingdom O2 on Twitter, and you can find his writing at Saints Marching underscore on Twitter. All right, here's the interview. Um, we'd like to welcome to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all the SFC fans. Josh Kingdom. You can find him on Twitter at Joshua Kingdom O2, and you can find his writing over at Saints Marching. Uh, so, Josh, welcome to the show, and thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Oh, no, no, no problem. Um, so, before we get into uh, the season and, and uh, some of the articles you've written recently about kind of what we should be looking for moving forward this summer, maybe some targets in, in your wish list, um, tell us a little bit about about you and who you are and how you came to be a Southampton fan. Uh, so, basically, my dad used to live in Southampton, but then moved down to Devon, where I live now. But... Um, so I kind of just adopted Saints from him, really. That's how I got into Saints, and I've been supporting them since we were in League One, and then ever since it's just got better and better, really. All right. So does your dad still talk about it? Like, you're, you know, does he still watch the matches or try to listen to him on the radio or anything? Yeah, yeah. We try to go to like as many games as we can, but it's like six or seven a season. That's a, that's a decent number. And are there any away facilities between? You and, and them, or no? Is 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 that like the closest uh, big club? Like Bournemouth is the is just a bit closer, but that's it really. But only by like thirty minutes, right, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you live and now, for geography's sake, you live kind of southwest. Oh yeah, because Portsmouth is east. Okay, I got it. All right. Well, uh, yeah. So, how did you get into the writing then? Uh, what what where? How does that fit into uh, you know you liking the club and stuff like that? Uh, basically, like, I was thinking recently, like, I quite like to go into sports journalism, so I was, like, mooching around on, like, social media, and then I was on Saints Marching, and I saw they had, like, um, a space available for a contributor, so I, like, applied, and then, yeah, I'm writing for them now, really. All right, and how long ago did you start that? I think it's about two months ago. 
has it changed the way that you watch the matches when you watch them or listen to them or, or go or anything? I think it kind of has because now I'm looking the like more like analytically and tactically. If you go, I mean, like before I would have been just watching them, looking at the players and maybe giving them a bit of stick. But now I'm like looking at them, at them like more of like statistics and stuff like to back like why they're in the team and stuff. Yeah, sometimes it can kind of like, you know, uh, not take away the uh, the enjoyment, but it, it takes like it, it, sometimes it's a little bit of work now, right? Like you yeah. can't just go and if the game's boring, just make fun of people. You got to figure out what you're going to write at the end of it, you know? Yeah. So it's because uh, doing this, doing this has definitely changed the way that I uh, I watch the games a little bit. And I sit here now with like a, a whiteboard and take notes and, and stuff. And it's kind of like I still really, really enjoy it, but uh, I have to I have to pay attention a little bit more. I can't can't go to sleep <laughs> yeah. also i think it's like made me a bit more unbiased towards saints I, usually i've been watching a game it's like oh saints 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 but now like i'm sort of looking into the other team a bit more yeah yeah no i understand that and i mean you've done something here with your wish list that we'll get to in a little bit that it's kind of um that, that's something that i haven't perfected is looking at, at potential replacements and, and th- maybe people we should be looking at to get because I don't know. I don't know how you find the time or, 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 or the people or whatever to do that. So I'm, I'm interested in hearing about that. So, um, how's your dad feel about you writing for him? Um, he finds my articles like quite interesting cause he sort of doesn't really know much more. Like I'm sort of more into like European football a bit more than he is. So like my wish list was like composed of, um, European players. So like he quite enjoys like looking at all the different European players he's like never heard of before. Do you ever like print out your articles for him and just like hand it to him at the dinner table and just like look at him to watch his reaction? Or is it, uh, is he usually see it online when you're, you know, not uh, there? He, like he always likes them on Twitter. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that works. My mom was my first Twitter follower. So don't, <laughs> don't feel. <laughs> How many games, uh, you know, did you make it to this season? Uh, you and your dad? I think I made it to six in the end. Any of the last five where we failed to score? Uh, I made it to the Stoke game on the last game of the season. Okay. But all the others were before Christmas. Okay. All right. Well, what what was your uh, what was the favorite match that you happened to attend this year? This year? Oh, um or this season. I think it was the Sunderland in the cup game where Buffel scored that screamer. Okay. All right. Was that was that played midweek or did they played that on the weekend? I can't remember. No, it was midweek. And you made the drive. Yeah. Man. It's a long it's a long night out. Yeah, good though. it's good. All right. Um, yeah, well, I guess I, I guess you missed the, the really the really kind of dull ones, I guess. So that's good. Yeah. All right. Well, um, you want to go ahead and, and get into the kind of the overall season? Is that OK? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, so I guess just looking at, at the at the season as a whole, you know, eighth place finish cup run, um, semi boring, lots of chances created, not a lot of chances taken people upset with the manager, all that stuff. But what was your, like, what did you make of the season? How did you feel about it? I think watching the games, we've definitely got enough potential in the team to do really well and like get European football every season. Like we were creating all the chances. We were good in defense. It was just like some slip ups and we just couldn't take our chances. And also it didn't really help with Charlie Austin being our top striker, our top scorer, but being out for, five months with a an injury yeah i think that not having a clinical kind of finisher on the team for 
a large part of the season made it really, really hard for us to, to really win. And it, I remember thinking probably back like January, February, like I felt like we were creating plenty of chances. When I was looking at the stats, it was like, you know, we were creating either as many or more chances than a lot of the teams we were playing against, but we just couldn't finish, you know? And I kept hoping that somebody was going to overtake Charlie Austin just so we could stop talking about it. So it would stop being a, it was a big talking point here uh, for the commentary in in America. And so, yeah, I just kind of wanted that to go away. And then it, it, it just didn't. <laughs> so, uh, oh, well, oh, well. Um, was there anything that you were particularly impressed by, uh, by this season, whether it be a, a player or, or a run of games or anything like that? I definitely think that our defense was really solid throughout the whole of the season. Everyone thought when Van Dyke got injured against Leicester, everyone thought that that's it. We're going to um, be shipping loads of goals every game. We're going to... We're going to be like losing games 3-4-0 every week. But then um, we had like Yoshida and Jack Stevens, who at the, at the beginning of the season, I'll be honest, if you told me they were going to be our starting two centre-backs for the season, I would have um, started laughing. But like they actually stepped up and they were really good for the remainder of the season. They, they really did step in and step up in a huge way. And, and I'm, I agree with you that no... You know, no way I would have accepted Yoshida being a, a, a starter for a significant period of the season, and let alone Jack Stevens kind of stepping up and making the contribution that he did. But he, I thought, did fantastically well uh, all season. Um, maybe, yeah. you know, you look back to the, uh, the the cup final or the cup semifinal against Liverpool. There was one instance where he might have maybe should have given away a penalty, but he didn't get called. And other than that, he had a, he had a great game. Uh, yeah. And I think the partnership that was there uh, between the two really, really did develop over the, the second half of the season. And I can't complain about them. I, we, I, we kept, I think kind of waiting for them to make mistakes because we didn't really yeah. trust them. And, and they just kind of didn't, you know, um, I just think we need a little bit more of a, somebody needs to take the reins back there and, and, and just be the leader in the back line. And, and, and once that happens, I think we'll be, we'll be okay. Yeah. One of the points we'll get to like with my wish list is while I think they were good, I don't think that if we are going to get European football, I think we definitely need like a top quality centre half, whether that be Van Dijk or whether we have to bring someone in. I definitely think that Yoshida and Stevens were good and they had a great bond and a great partnership and they were all re- like really good. But I just can't see like us doing really well with a 22-year-old and Yoshida. If you look at kind of the the center backs we've had over the past few years, you know we've had we had Van Dyke and then we had Alderweireld and then we had we had Lovren even, and so like you look at kind of that, and we don't have one of those in there right now, you know, with Van Dyke yeah. out, and we kind of need that that person who's going to be the guy back there, and I yeah. would I would love to partner Van Dyke with with another really top quality center back, but I I think I'd be okay even with Yoshida being his partner for for portions of the season. Um, I think he's proven himself, but I do think we need, we need one more, you know, just because injuries happen, other things happen. So, so yeah. If we were going for a most improved player of the season, our def Yoshida would be a hundred percent mine. Yeah. Because the way he's just stepped up into the team, like before he had lots of haters. I feel like not many people trusted him when he was in the team. Like everyone thought we were going to lose, but the way he's stepped up, gone through all that hate and like 
come out a better player, I definitely think that he would be my most improved player. I don't think I don't think anybody's improved from one year to the next as much as Yoshida's improved from last season to this season because he was almost always due for one horrible mistake that led to a goal and you could just kind of count on him to to make that mistake when it really really mattered and this year he he really cut that out of his game and and then made strides elsewhere too you know so I think I think I think I, I agree with you there um kind of looking at at the squad you know they've they've set out the players who have been released the first team players um Martina's gone uh, at the end of his contract Caceres is gone Iscrove's gone um but he didn't really play a whole lot except for maybe really early on in the cup um do you expect anybody else to go this this summer or do you think that we're gonna you know retain the players and kind of try to go out and and, and add to the squad instead of just replace the main three players i think who could go out are the top quality ones we have is Romeu, van dyke and shane long they're the three i've heard a lot of rumors about so i reckon we should get them and we need to try and keep them as best as we can. I mean, even though Long has a poor season compared to last season, but um, if you look at the stats, like the season he had in 2015-16 was the best he'd had ever. Like, he really stepped up in that season, but now he's come back down from that level. We need to take him back up there, and I think we should try to keep him because it'd be like... It'd be sad to see him go because he did so much for us like that season. My my thing with Long is that he we don't have another player on the team that offers what he offers. We don't have anybody else with that kind of pace. Other than I guess I think Yoshida was clocked at being one of the top ten fastest players in the Premier League this year, which I thought was yeah. interesting. But you know he obviously he's not a striker. So uh, as far as guys up front go, like that is he's a he brings a huge change to what uh, we can throw at a defense if we need it. And so I think, yeah. I think that's important. And unless you're going to replace him with somebody like that, then, then you're going to be kind of one dimensional maybe, but he has to improve his finishing. Like, cause yeah. you know that uh, you can run at guys all day, but if you can't, <laughs> if you can't finish, then we're going to be, we're going to be in trouble. But, um, I do, if I had to decide between him and, and, um, Rodriguez, I think I would, I, I said before, I would want to keep long because of the, the change that he brings to the team. But you know we'll see, and and as far as as Romeo goes, do you do you? I know there's some rumor about him going out, but do you really think he's going to leave, or what's your inclination on that? I'm I'm not really sure. Like, I think it would definitely have to be a top top club, like a, a Juventus or a AC Milan or maybe a like Atletico Madrid. I think it have to be one of those sort of teams to take him, or else he won't go. Like he wouldn't go to some like middle of the table like Serie A team say like it'd have to be a proper big club to take him I feel yeah yeah and I think with his play I mean we always want our players to play really well but it seems like sometimes people come in and we give them a chance that that they maybe not haven't had at another club right Ryan Bertrand is another one of those guys and so you bring him in and he impresses for several years and then you know all of a sudden now a lot of big clubs want him you know and so Romeo comes in and, and and does that and you know now it's all of a sudden you got you know bigger clubs in Spain looking at him and things like that and it's like well well yeah but can you just hang out hang around for a little bit and, and, and yeah. keep playing for us because I really I, I like that um Les Reed has come out and said that we don't really need to to sell 
this summer. So hopefully that's the truth. Yeah. But I guess, you know, if, if we do lose some players, you, you have kind of written a, a wish list, and uh, Saints Marching seems to be going with this theme a little bit, uh, where you guys seem to pick kind of the players you would uh, want to, to bring in and, and have at the team if it turns out we need them. So um, do you want to go ahead and walk us through, through your list? Uh, yeah, right. So first of all, I've got at fullback Oscar DeMarcos, who plays for Athletic Bilbao. Um, he played at St. Mary's in the preseason friendly um, in August, I think it was. Um, and I think, like, Cedric's been linked to go. And um, that would leave us with one uh, right back, which is um, PA. Mm-hmm. So I think I think as a good replacement for Cedric, because they sort of like mimic each other. Like, they like to do overlapping runs. They're quite fast. They like to um, be more attacking than other fullbacks, say, I think. Yeah, and I think both systems that we've employed this season have required the fullbacks to get forward, and, and Cedric has been phenomenal in that. He was one of the best crossers of the ball of any any player in the Premier League this season. Um, yeah. I think there was a huge drop-off when we did play Cuco Martina in some of the cup games because he doesn't do that. He, he, he doesn't have the, maybe the pace necessary and his crosses are not as crisp or, as, yeah. you know, so if DeMarcus can come in and, and, and replicate that, I think that would be, that would be awesome. The next player I've got is Terence Congolo from Feyenoord. Um, they've just won the league and he helps them to, I think it was like 13 clean sheets all season, which is really good. Like when I was looking at him, he's young and he like has the traits of like a world class um centre back at only twenty two. And his age will like bring his price down, I feel. So if we could get him now, develop him a bit more, I think we've definitely got a world class uh centre half in our team then. Congolo kind of his he's young, he has all the traits that would make him a really, really good centre back. His stats, it was like some of the stats you had in your article 3.3 clearances, 1.7 interceptions per match. That's, I mean, that, that that's that's good. That's that's solid. And sometimes those those stats differ depending on the type of team he plays in. You know, if he has a, a lot of shield and cover in front of him, but um, you know that, that those those seem to be pretty in line with what we're kind of looking for on our team. So yeah, I was looking at Van Dyke when he was playing in the Dutch league, and they both sort of look similar, like. I was going through watching a few clips of Van Dyke, and I've watched um, Congolo play like on TV this season, and they just both like they both just have the same like I don't know how to like put it. They just have like some sort of like swagger in their step, so they can like they just look the part, if you know what I mean. Yeah, like they they look very maybe comfortable, and like they have not not an attitude, but yeah, I think I understand what you're saying. Um, yeah. whereas some guys are good, but they still look nervy. They look like they're not quite sure, even though they, they should be, you know, and, and yeah. Van Dyke doesn't ever appear that way. Um, which I, I envy because I'm the opposite. I, I am, I'm nervous and I apologize constantly and it's, it's just not, I don't ever look like I'm, I'm going to do a good job. <laughs> so, um, but yeah. And at, and at 31, I don't think I'm ever going to, you know, learn to be the opposite. So it's good to see a defender that that comfortable, that young, especially. And then anybody else on the back line? So you have, we have a fullback and a center back. And then where are we going from here? Uh, I've, the next one I've got is holding midfield. Uh, I've got Ignacio Camacho from Malaga. 
Um, I was thinking if Van Dyke did leave, he would be sort of perfect. They're both Spanish. Um, they both, I think they both knew each other like from a academy when they were younger. He, Ignacio Camacho's got um similar stats to Congolo, who's a centre half and Camacho's a holding midfielder. So that sh- that sort of shows like he can do the dirty work which Romeu's been doing all of this season and he's been doing it really well. Right. Now, because him and Romeu are fairly similar, do you think they would make a good partnership or do you think that might make us even more so defensive than we are now? I think if we're playing a 4-5-1, say, we'd have the two holding midfielders, but one would sort of one would drop back, which would usually be Romeu, and one would go forwards, who's likely to be like a Steven Davis or a Pierre Hoiberg player. Okay. I don't know. I think it'd be like a change of system if we had them together, but it could still work potentially. Okay. And I mean, we played a lot of a lot of matches this year. We were very fortunate in that, for the most part, Romeo was always available. Save, um, I think he had a ban for a match. I think three matches even for uh, yeah. card accumulation. But you know that would give us some options there. And then also, you know, a lot of times he runs just a lot and you can give him, you know, a break. <laughs> um, and, and this year we really didn't have, you know, we had Jordy classy that could drop in there, but that's not, not at the same level and not quite the same player. So yeah, it would be good to have a, a like for like replacement there. Um, yeah, yeah. and then, uh, the next guy, uh, I've got a Kieta Balde from Lazio. He just reminds me of, um, Sadio Mane. Like watching him, he's got like he's got a lot of pace. He uses like skills, dribbling, like to weave through like the opponent's team, and also um, his passing is impeccable. Like he'll find um, he'll find the pass like wherever it needs to be, whether it's like five yards or fifty yards, he'll be able to like make the pass. And um, I I feel like maybe if we are gonna play the Four two three one. He could play as a maybe a Buffal type player. Okay. On like on the wing, trying to like on counter, trying to break away on the counter attacks. Right, right, and you know, it seemed like for large parts of the season, we just had Redmond that was there. Um, yeah. Doing that, and if we could offer that from both sides, um, that would be that would be you know I think even better. Now, do you think? Of those four guys, do you think any of them are attainable by the club? Well, Congolo's just won the league, so Finals may want to keep like the same team they just have had. Because they'll Oscar be they'll be into the Champions League now, right? Yeah. So they're going to want like a strong team with like good depth next season. So I reckon he's probably the most unlikely player. Okay. And Kieta Balde has had a lot of interest from big teams. I think Chelsea were interested in him and Arsenal. So I think we'd have to, like, it'd be a miracle for us to sign him. Because, like, if you if you were playing, you would would you go to, like, Chelsea or Southampton? Yeah, yeah. So, I, but, <laughs> I'm not going to answer that, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think Ignacio Camacho and Oscar DeMarcos are definitely attainable. Okay. All right. And uh, the last guy on your list, 
you, you've written another article about him. So let's talk a little bit about him and then we'll get into that, that second article with some of the history and, and, uh, and things like that. Yeah. Um, he's called Chenk Tosin and he's from Besiktas. Um, I just think he would be a great um, lone striker. So if we're playing the 4-2-3-1 formation, he, he could be that one up front who continually makes runs forwards, but he also tracks back and um, helps in midfield as well because he's got the physicality. Um, he could score goals. And um, the only thing which lets him down is his um, like passing ability, I'd say. like um, It's not that he's bad at passing, it's just that uh, he's just one of those players who just um, doesn't need to pass in the um, formations he's been played with, um, in in Turkey. So it's just it's just really not asked of him very much. Yeah, and maybe I'm I'm wrong, but I think right now he's on kind of the biggest and best team in Turkey, correct? Yeah. And then does that kind of maybe? I'm always afraid maybe that limits his development if he's playing in a league that's kind of dominated by by one big team, you know. Yeah. Um, if he's not if he's not being challenged every every week, but you know I don't know. He's a he's a professional, so I should give him some credit. Turkey, there's like three big teams, just like there is in like um, the Netherlands with like Ajax, Feyenoord, and PSV. Uh huh. Um, Besiktas and um, Galatasaray. Right. Okay. Etc. Like, so there is there is a bit of competition, but I'm thinking he might want to like challenge himself a bit more, like go into the Premier League. It is twenty? It's a twenty-way league, pretty much. Like you don't know who's going to win it. Now, kind of looking at where he he came from, he plays for the Turkish national team. Played some some youth level games for Germany, but kind of walk us through. You tracked him pretty well all the way up from from his time in Germany on. Can you kind of walk us through that a little bit? Yeah. So basically, he was born in a German town called well, Welzer, which is relatively near Frankfurt, which is like where he essentially started his career. Um, so he started there, and he played up to the under-19s level for Frankfurt before moving to the first team in 2009. But um, he didn't really play that much in the first team. He was playing more for the reserves. Okay. Um, he made, I think, just one appearance for the first team, but 17 for the reserves. But that still like earned him a move to um, Gaziantep Spore. For less than a million euros, um, I'm pretty sure that's where his like career kicked off. Okay. Um, in his first in his first season, he made 14 appearances and was involved in 16 goals. That definitely like breathes um, confidence when you're only 21. Yeah. Then he moved to Besiktas two years ago, and has made 116 appearances since, and he's been involved in 29% of their goals. And he scored forty-eight. That's a that's a huge um, number. I mean, that's that's a massive number. Um, considering Saints this season scored just forty-one goals. Right, right. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> oh man! Like when I was saying about his passing, he doesn't pass as much. He doesn't get as many assists, but he's getting the goals. Which, if you're looking for a striker, that's all you really need, isn't it? Like, I'd rather have a, a striker who's scoring. 20 goals a season and getting two or three assists than a striker who's getting 15 goals a season but nine assists. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I want somebody that I know can score. And, yeah. And right now, we don't really have that on the, on the pitch, you know? Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
like Gabbiadini, um, Gabbiadini and Austin, I'd say are the only two strikers I would um, be confident playing with. Really, like I wouldn't be confident starting a game with Shane Long and knowing I'm yep, yeah, I'm definitely going to score this game. Right. Like there's an element of uncertainty with them where there isn't with like Austin. You like. You definitely think, oh, I th- I'm pretty sure they're going to score today. Now, looking looking at that, do you think there is a spot for him on on the Saints squad or in the Saints squad? Do you think he could kind of come in and, and would he be willing to kind of come in knowing that he might be second or third on the death chart, or would he might he resist that a little bit and, and only maybe come in if we if we lose either Austin or Gabbiadini? I'm not sure, really. Um, I think he could play in a um, 4-5-1, which is what we've been playing, or a 4-3-3, which is what he played in his youth career. So um, I think you've got different players for different occasions. So say we've got like Manchester United and they're playing a 4-3-3 and we want to go exactly the same and mirror them. Right. Gabbiadini and Austin may not be quite as good in that formation and that style of play. So you could bring in Tosin. Okay. So it depends what um what he actually would be doing. Like if you if you told him that he'd be getting ten appearances, I don't th- I think he'd much rather stay and win trophies in Turkey. Yeah, and you might get into a situation where I mean, we have two domestic cup competitions that we have to play. Um, yeah. You know, so you, he might, even if he just plays those and we, we make a, a decent run, he might still get plenty of game time and a chance to really prove himself, whether it's in the four, three, three or the four, two, three, one. So I, maybe there would be more opportunities than I originally, originally thought for him, for him there. Yeah. This, the season just gone, we played just under 60 games with Europa league. Um, Europa League, EFL Cup, Cup, plus Premier League. So, um, 60 games, you're not going to be playing... I don't think you'd be playing the same two strikers like every game in 60 games. No, and if there was one manager who wasn't going to do that anyway, it would be Claude Puel. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Like, What's your gut feeling on, on us being able to kind of bring him in? Do you think... Do you think it's a possibility or? No, I think it's a fifty-fifty. Okay. I think it depends. It depends what the club offer him, really. Like, if the club offer him like a really good contract, makes and they know that, and he'll know that he's um, got security in the team. Then I think it's more likely than if they say, "Well, you're only going to be playing five, ten games a season in domestic cup competitions." Yeah, yeah, okay. Now, if we lose Rodriguez or Long or both, you think he's the guy to bring in? Definitely. Like his record, his goal scoring record shows that he does have quality. Like his strengths are definitely finishing. Okay. And um he's a very sort of skillful last man player. If you get what I mean, like Yeah. He can do as much as he wants. But I think he has to be right in front of the back four so he can get past them. All right. If you got what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, no, no. So he's going to want to play on their shoulder a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, anything else you'd like to say about him or, or any of the other players? Uh, no, I think I'm good. All right. All right. Now, I know that you live quite a ways away from Southampton. Um, and there's another local team there, right? Yeah. At Plymouth Argyle, is that, that it? Yeah, yeah. And they just got promoted. Yeah. So it, any players from their squad do that you think could start on ours? There's two. They've got a centre-back called Sonny Bradley. He he was world-class last season. He's easily championship quality. And they've got an attacking midfielder called um, Graham Carey. Um, I don't know if they'd make the Saints team, but they'd definitely, I don't know, make the bench. Okay. All right. I reckon they could get into the squad, but maybe not into the team. All right. I'll have to admit, I became a Plymouth Argyle fan just a few weeks ago uh, yeah. for one day. And, <laughs> and like most other things in my life, I was drastically disappointed <laughs> by what happened. Yeah. Um, All we needed was a win. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I was. Uh, we, were you, did you happen to attend that game or were you – was it away? Uh, I don't even know. It was away, um, but I was constantly watching Sky Sports because I, was, I wasn't letting Pompey win the league. Yeah, I did not. I mean that's that's you know, for you being a Saints fan and having the chance to just deny them that I was that was that was there. Yeah, I was I was a bit disappointed that day, but it's it's okay. That was a that was a pretty crappy day. <laughs> There's still two divisions below us. Yes, yes, they are. All right. Well, do you have anything else you'd like to add, or you feel like you're you're good? I think I'm good. All right. Well, uh, well, thank you then for for coming on the show. And uh, yeah, for me. Oh no, no problem, man. I always uh, this is this is what the thing I enjoy the most about doing this is, is getting to talk to, to new people and getting the, to hear their ideas and, you know, just talk about the club a little bit. Cause I, I mean, I live way out in California. There are no other saints fans in, in the city where I live. So it's just me. So if I want to talk to somebody, I got to give them a call and that's a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm good with doing that. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Josh, thanks for joining us. And just to remind everybody, you can find Josh on Twitter at Joshua kingdom O two, and you can find his writing at saints marching. And uh, yeah, thanks for joining us and we'll talk to you next time. Yeah, thanks for having me. Oh, no problem. Have a good day. Yeah, cheers. Cheers. And that will do it for this episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. I'd like to thank you for joining us once again. I'd like to thank Josh for for coming on the show and being willing to talk about his, his transfer wish list. And if you are enjoying the show, please leave us a rating or review on iTunes. Uh, that really helps spread the show. You can also help spread the show on social media by simply retweeting the links that I send out. Uh, and if you're having trouble finding the show in iTunes, Stitcher, Acast, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, or wherever you get your podcasts, please let me know. You can find me on Twitter at SFCDELL underscore I-V-E-R-Y or the Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash SFCDELIVERY. Um, no underscore in the Facebook address, but you can find the podcast on pretty much any app by just typing in delivery with two L's. Just make sure it doesn't autocorrect. Or you can also search Southampton. That works just fine too. Um, also, if you haven't checked out the uh, Ugly Inside YouTube channel, be sure to do so. They have lots of lots of player reviews going on right now. And I think you'll find the discussions and the comments from all the people you read from and all that uh, fairly interesting. So please make sure to do that. As for me, the plan for next week is to have another episode. The interview is scheduled for tomorrow. And it should give me plenty of time to edit and stuff, even though I will be traveling for 
work. Uh, I have the opportunity in Utah this, this week, next week, I guess, Saturday to, um, to see the men's national team play. I've never seen our U S men's national team play. Um, and so I think it's, it's, it's going to be exciting. And I'm sitting in the same section I sat in the first time I ever saw a live soccer game. So I'm, I'm, it's bringing back some memories and I am excited to do that. Um, you might get a little bit of audio, uh, from that as well, but, but probably not because it's not really saints related, but we'll, we'll see. It depends on, um, how many, how many beers I have while I'm there. So, um, all that being said, you can find us online. You can subscribe to our feed. You can do all that stuff. Uh, if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out. And thank you once again for all your stories and for listening. And until next time, remember that together we march on.